It's me, Dr. Z with JB. Today, we discuss social anxiety during the holidays. We cover what exactly social anxiety is and is not, and tips on how to navigate through this holiday season. Also, what do Martha Stewart, Stuart Smalley, and Jim Carrey all have in common? Listen to find out. Hello, everybody, and welcome. I almost it's- forgot I was connected again. <laughs> I know this is backwards, but uh, welcome. It's me, uh, Dr. Z, MJB. <laughs> that is supposed to say session 26 and all that fun stuff, but I forgot this is not mirrored. So welcome on in. We uh, are enjoying the holidays. I, well, I don't know if we're all enjoying the holidays, but uh, I'm certainly <laughs> eating and drinking more during them. That hasn't stopped in the last couple of weeks. The belly's getting a little full. There's more cheese. There's more desserts. Uh, and I definitely picked up cookie stuff today. So, like, we're not going to stop the train overall. Uh, Cook, it's a, cookie or cooking? Uh, cookies, excuse me. Yeah, like a lot of cookie stuff cookies. to get. Cookies. Yeah, a lot of, got to gotta get the holiday cookies up, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, along with that, uh, you know, the social anxiety is, is, is there, so, like, especially geez, during Christmas our holiday cookies. boosters. I missed out on that. Well, yeah, uh, you, well, you need to make a new tradition. Like, uh, cookies should not be uh, discarded but uh, due to religious reasons at all. That's true. Uh, You're freezing. You keep freezing. Am I? Well, yeah. see, we, 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 were, we were on such a good track there. We, we were. <laughs> so there might be a little, might be a little delay. Might be, am, I, am I still, am I still uh, doing okay here? Are we doing all right for the most part? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I Kim is yelling me that turkey is still dry, and that's ridiculous. Oh. Uh, oh, and what is your mug tonight, by the way? What do you got there? Oh, my mug. Swedish fish. Oh, that's, I didn't even recognize it. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Nice pull. Uh, are, you, uh, are you a big fan of Swedish? Obviously, you have to be if you have the I mug. Am. I am. Is it your favorite candy? Mm, I'd say it's top three. It definitely belongs in the top three. I agree top with that. Top three. Wonder if yeah, you guys agree with the, that the too, red ones, know. not like the not the tropical ones. I feel like they like. <gasps> what's it called? Know. What's it called when the show, the TV show, like just goes too much and it's like done? Oh, the the like a spinoff that's like too many no, spinoffs. No, like so? it's it's no, it's like the show's like gone on too long and they need to like cut jump it. The, but they jump just the shark. It. Yes, they jump the shark with the tropical fish. <laughs> the fish I, that's just my left favorite it one. As it was. What? Oh, really? Yeah, the tropical fish is my favorite one. I can't even wow. eat the real ones anymore. Yeah. So, what? yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, that is true. Uh, and uh, we've got some uh, very exciting stuff to talk about, especially uh, Dr. Z has got uh, a, a semi-major announcement actually coming up, which is pretty pretty cool. Um, and I'm like, uh, what? Before we get- well, you know, we talked about it. My book? It's uh, going to be on somebody's podcast. Oh, oh, oh. But my book is coming out in April. I thought that's what <laughs> well, that too. That's we got a lot of stuff to get plug. into. Um, there you go. Yes. No, I'm very excited. Can we pre-order um, or find anything? Yes. About it, that yes. Book? It's on. You can pre-order. I think it's. It saw it at Target and Amazon and yeah, Barnes and Noble. Fantastic. So we'll uh, be on the lookout for that. Yes. Uh, and um, I, you know, just with like we were saying with with holidays still being around, and uh, I'm sure the blues are still around here too. Uh, there's a ton of different functions, parties, people to see, things to do. And that probably ramps up our, our social anxiety if we do have a lot of that. So, like, what – what? Uh, it's, it's funny because right when we were uh, about to come on, I'm thinking, you know, I'm telling Dr. C, 
for some reason, I just don't like to see a lot of people around the holidays or like I, I, especially on the phone. I don't really like talking to people on the phone as much. I like going to places. I like to see people. I love all that. But, you know, this is like, this is a very solitude time for me. And that's yeah. not really necessarily social anxiety, right? That could just no. be, I just don't want to see people. <laughs> yeah. One of my, one of my friends, one of my good friends just logged on here. And so she'll laugh when I say this, but it's so, it's so normal for me to not call people back mm -hmm. or text people back or make plans or, but I'm just really bad at it. And I always yeah. have been, and I, I really just suck when it comes to that stuff. I take full responsibility. Um, but that's not social anxiety, you know? And so a lot of times when people, when the holidays roll around and people have office parties or friends mm -hmm. are having holiday parties or, you know, your families are having gatherings, your neighborhood, whatever it is, a lot of times people just don't feel like going either because they're in a bad mood or the holidays are just a stressful time for them mm -hmm. or, you know, they, um, for whatever reason, dislike the people. That's not social anxiety or just not feeling like doing it because it's dark and it's cold and it's blah and, you know, it's stressful. So everybody, again, we think about the holidays and it's joyous and it's fun and it's this and which it is and it's great and, I, and you know, not to be pessimistic, but there is the reality of it that people are going to have to gather COVID aside, people are going to have to gather that normally wouldn't be together. And it's a forced, it's forced conversation. It's, you know, it's so a lot of times it's normal for people to not feel like doing that. That doesn't mean it's social anxiety. And I will add that is not called antisocial. When people say I'm antisocial, antisocial means sociopathic, which is not the same thing. <laughs> So when people use I'm let me write that one down. Yeah. Right when people say I'm so antisocial, I'm like, no, you're no. If you if you if you kill squirrels at an early age, maybe, but that's no. Not wanting to talk to people does not make you antisocial. That is more of a sociopath. Yes, um, it makes you the next Zodiac killer. So yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that being said, there's a difference between that and social anxiety disorder, which is not just holiday specific. So when we talked about you know, holiday blues, there's a difference between, you know, seasonal blues, holiday blues versus major depression, which is not specific to a time period. So it's, it's the kind of thing where it's, it's unrelated to just the holidays, right? You're always mm -hmm. going to have social anxiety. It may be heightened during the holidays. Yes, but it's not specific to the holidays. So that's really kind of how you know the difference between the two. Yeah, and that's a, and it also causes debilitating, like a debilitating angst to not go. It's not not going because you don't feel like dealing with people or talking to people. It's a, it's 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 a debilitating fear that you'll be judged, that you'll look stupid, that people will be talking about you. You'll say the wrong thing. You're not good enough. You don't measure up, and you know that kind of thing. It's mm -hmm. it's very different than just not feeling like it. Oh yeah, uh, big time, and that's a that's a great care, uh, clarification uh, to understand tonight. And speaking of being judged, Kim asking, did I get my eyebrows done? No, no. Sometimes Do I you just, get your eyebrows done? No, I just trim, oh. I trim them because they get like, you know, crazy bushy and all that other stuff. But uh, I, I um, and that's, that's part of, that's part of like <laughs> my avoidance. And like, well, do, do my eyebrows. You don't eyebrows. want people staring at your eyebrows? Yeah, it's like, well, may, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but that's kind of, yeah, so there's, there, uh, avoiding stuff overall doesn't necessarily mean the holidays like you meant, but, right. you know, uh, the heightened part for sure uh, is around. That could be with strangers, that could be in a group setting, that could be 
family. Correct. There could be a whole bunch of other stuff. But, Correct. you know, there's a ton of holiday parties for work. And granted, I don't know if there there are as much anymore uh, uh, just because of COVID and all that right. stuff. I may, might have slowed down, but... Um, right. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, we talked about this too, that people with social anxiety disorder did much better during the pandemic. People with generalized anxiety disorder did much better during the pandemic because one, there was mandated avoidance, right? They, they weren't allowed to do the things that they don't like doing, right? They weren't allowed to. So there was a reason, there was a valid reason to not have to go out and socialize or to not be around people there was this built-in avoidance structure. People had somewhere to put their anxiety, you know, because if you think about social anxiety, it's very irrational. But now they have somewhere to put their anxiety, mm-hmm. right? They have somewhere to put it. So when the pandemic starts to kind of slow down and people start re-entering into society, because they've avoided it for so long, what happens when we avoid our anxiety? it gets worse. So people can assume that this holiday season, if people are getting together, if, if that's something that you're doing, um, and you have social anxiety disorder, or even generalized anxiety disorder, just assume that it's, it's going to be heightened because you've been actively avoiding it, not because you've been trying to, it's just kind of, that's how it's been for the last year and a half. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, and most of the time, like, do we know, do we know we're avoiding something when we're, in these situations a lot of the time? So or? you're usually, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you're, I guess it depends if, if you're in therapy, what kind of therapy, but mm-hmm. typically you're not, yes, you're avoiding the situation. So yes, you're avoiding the holiday party, but really what you're avoiding is the discomfort you think you're going to have when you're there, right? So it's, you're avoiding the internal ickiness, not the party itself. Ooh, it's the what- feelings that you associate with the party. That's what I like to call freaking out. It's when you freak out before anything happens. Anticipatory anxiety. <laughs> but I like your term way better. What's it called? Uh, freaking out. Freaking like, out. Yeah, it's a pre-freak out. Yeah. Like I'm you gonna, just. Fre- can I take? Can I steal I, that? Absolutely. That was. Did you make mine. that up? That was. A, that was a group of us just kind of like, oh yeah, everybody's just freaking out. We're like it just kind of happened one night. So no, not one individual can take credit for it. But yes, please use it. Yes. Okay, I like yeah. that. Yeah. It's uh it, it happens all the time. Happens in sports, happens in really anything. Oh, come on, this isn't gonna happen. So right. th- then this is gonna happen, then I'm gonna right. be upset, and then you're gonna be upset, and then no right. one's gonna enjoy themselves, and so on and so on. And that's that's all what what was the political term of freaking out again? Sorry. Anticipatory anxiety. But I there think we go. just I think we just rewrote the, I was gonna say textbooks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> We'll call wow. the Mayo Clinic and let them know we got some stuff well, to so, yeah, send them. Text, yeah. text. Do they have textbooks anymore? I'm pretty sure they do. The do Mayo have... Clinic, I know, still has <laughs> the encyclopedias, so that's why I reference them. Encyclopedia Britannicas? Yes. It's all lined up in, uh, for just 19.95. You can own them in your house as well. Um, well, yeah. And so, that's, but, uh, but oh, yeah, yeah go ahead. That's, yeah, you're, so you're, invo- you're avoiding that discomfort, and that's called anticipatory anxiety. So you, it's basically you're anxious about being anxious. Mm-hmm. And that is, is social anxiety disorder. Yeah. There comes the bottle. There comes the that's right. whatever it is, the food, that's the right. <laughs> running for 12 hours, the working for 15 and mm-hmm. a half, the mm-hmm. whatever you're kind of using as the vehicle to kind of exactly get rid right. of all that stuff. Um, so what are, how can you slow yourself down essentially from 
from that anticipatory uh, anxiety. Mm -hmm. So you're probably, if you have social anxiety disorder, you're probably always going to have some degree of heightened anticipatory anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. So again, the goal is not to get rid of it. The goal is to mm -hmm. sit with it and do what you need to do at the same time. Because then what happens is after you experience it, you show yourself that nothing bad happened. You show yourself that you can handle it. And so the next time you're in the situation, it's going to be a little less and a little less. People avoid the situation. So they never, they deprive themselves of the opportunity, as uncomfortable as it may be, they deprive themselves of the opportunity to show themselves that they can in fact get through it. Mm -hmm. um, and what I, what I tell people is you don't want to white knuckle through it, right? So if you think of like, you know, you're so scared, you're so scared, you're so anxious, and you just kind of like grin and bear it and just get through it. That's not good either, because then mm -hmm. you're not feeling it either. So you want to start with something very, very small, and gradually increase over time. Um, you know, on a scale of zero to 10, zero being a total absence of anxiety and 10 being the worst you've ever felt in your life, try to do something that's around a four or a five. And then when that becomes zero or one, then you move up to the next one. And that's how you gauge it. Like that, and what? Uh, what would? Ooh, yeah. This is you ready? This is more. This is more movie references from me. Mm -hmm. uh, I wonder if something. And this is silly, but this did help me when I was in Los Angeles. You ever seen of a movie called Yes Man with uh, mm -hmm. with uh, Jim Carrey? Well, like he goes to see. Like he he is avoiding a lot of things in his life. He's saying a lot of no, you know. So he just starts saying yes to everything, and like his life becomes progressively better because you know he's going out more he's seeing people he's taking on opportunities and doing some of that stuff is that like is that even a good way to to try to so yes as long as the things you're saying yes to are things that are consistent with things that you value in life mm -hmm. so if you you know if you hate going to the gym, right? If you, if that's something that you hate, let's say you prefer doing something else like kickboxing, but you know, mm -hmm. you say yes to go to the gym every day with your friend, but you hate it. You know, it's great that you're saying yes, but at the same time, it's maybe not consistent with things that you enjoy. But the mm -hmm. bigger level is if you have to make sure that you're doing things that are consistent with what you value, because if you are not living a life that's consistent with what you value, even if you're saying yes and doing things, you have to make sure those things that you're doing are consistent with the things that you value because yeah. by doing all of these other things you could also still be using that as a vehicle to avoid the other stuff so you really want to yeah. say yes to things that you that you enjoy doing and also those things are allowed to change over time you know you're, you're allowed to switch gears and you're allowed to do other things it's not set in stone um, but you always kind of want to be forward moving and again with anticipatory anxiety people with social anxiety disorder will always have social anxiety disorder, like not yeah. clinically, but they're always going to be anxious. The problem is that you want to make sure that when you have that, I call it an emotional reflex. So yeah. let's say you have social anxiety disorder, but you've worked on it and you're doing well, you're doing great, but you go to, you have an office event, let's say, mm -hmm. and you get that initial pang of anxiety, right? When you get that, you're probably always going to have that. The difference is what you do in that moment when you have that pause. Mm -hmm. You acknowledge that it's there. It's your emotional reflex. It's always going to happen. It's like blinking your eyes or breathing. But then you pause and you do the non-avoidant behavior. Mm -hmm. So that initial knee-jerk reaction is always going to be there to some extent. So it's not about getting rid of that. 
It's about acknowledging that it happens and then in the moment choosing a different direction. And that's what gets easier, that pause and change of direction. Yeah, why do I feel this way? Why am I trying to avoid this? I'm having a thought of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z to try right. and break that down, all those right. things we've talked right. about in the past. But yeah. eventually, you won't even need to do that. Eventually, it's mm -hmm. just going to be a physical sensation that you notice, and it's just kind of habitual at that point to just like, up, oh, yep, and then just go the other way. Mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's almost like a physiological response at that point. Yeah, and that uh, I can... Uh, attest to that just in general with my anxiety. Like I've, I can feel it getting easier and easier to manage the more and more of, of what Dr. Z is exactly talking about there. Because like it used to be when we started talking, it used to be incredibly physical pain, a ton mm -hmm. of it. And now right. it's just not anymore. And when I right. know that I'm avoiding it, that's when it comes back up again. That's yeah. when the gagging will be there. If you're one of yep. those people, that's when, yep. you know, whatever those things are. And, and the more and more that you choose to not have that anticipatory anxiety, I mean, the less and less anxiety there is in your life. I feel, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Z, I feel like this is a large part of it for a lot of people. It's the, just that anticipatory part, not the actual or the during. Correct. So, yeah, the anticipatory anxiety, I'll give you a funny story, but the anticipatory funny now it wasn't funny inside but um, <laughs> <laughs> oops <laughs> but the anticipatory anxiety is 99.9% always going to be way worse than the anxiety you actually have when you're in the situation itself mm -hmm. so if you can tolerate the anticipatory anxiety meaning the anxiety you have about potentially being anxious you can sit through that even though it's uncomfortable you're going to be able to handle the situation it'll still be uncomfortable but you'll be able to handle it because the way you mm -hmm. feel prior to is always going to be worse. Why? Because your thoughts are illogical. You're coming up with every scenario under the sun. Your worry is increasing. You're doing all the cognitive behaviors that increase your anxiety. When you're in the actual situation, you're not. Or you are, but not to that extent. You may still think people are judging you, or the, but it's, it's, it's more limited. Um, but I will give you an example of, of the 1% one, the 1 time maybe or 0.1% time where that is not the case. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in my postdoc, I think it was my postdoc, pre-doc, mm -hmm. postdoc, um, I was in I had a hospital in New York and I was doing an anxiety group for exposure therapy. And you, we would have the group and then afterwards you'd pair up and you would go do exposures with, with the patients. Mm -hmm. And somebody had a fear of elevators. So there was, you know, we would go, go somewhere where there's elevators and gradually expose them. We got stuck. Oh, God, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I always say there's a slight chance that it could be worse, but or not worse. worse. It's not even worse, though, if you think about it. It'll still never be worse. It'll be worst-case scenario, but it'll never be worse than worst-case scenario. So even though we got stuck, if you ask the person, what's worst-case scenario, we'll get stuck, we'll never get out. Well, we got stuck, we got out, right? So it's still not going to be Worse than worst case scenario, if that makes sense. So, you, you know, even, even in those situations, which are rare, but if that happens, right, that's not really the way we want to do exposures. We don't want to just like throw you to the wolves. Right. But should it happen, and it's a term called flooding, right, which I don't necessarily do, but some, it does, it has its place. But that's basically just giving it all to you and having you just like, just deal with it. Um, with skills, you have skills and breathing exercises and things like that. You're not just kind of like yeah. drowning, but, um, it was a great way to show them that nothing bad happens. Um, but 
you know, that's the benefit of it. But other than that, generally speaking, your anticipatory anxiety is always going to be worse than the anxiety you actually have in the situation. And if you can keep that tiny nugget of information in the back of your mind, you will, it'll be a little bit easier to get through. But manage your expectations. Don't expect, if you have social anxiety and you've had it your whole life, don't mm -hmm. expect to go to a party, even if you're in therapy and you're doing great, and to not have any anxiety it doesn't make any sense and you're going to set yourself up or you'll feel guilty or you'll feel bad or you'll think you're never going to get better. Expect to have a degree of anxiety. It's okay. And, it's actually normal. Yeah. And expecting that is the first way to, you know, starting how to manage that next in the, that whole process yeah. and what we talked about there. And there are a lot of uh, people coming into the live and asking questions. We always encourage that and appreciate that. Uh, thank you, Lynn Marie for being here as always. And if you missed anything, uh, Siobhan, I know you, uh, I think you had said that as well. Uh, go download the podcast. Like we said, we're on session 26 with 25 of these uh, awesome uh, sessions uh, backed up for you to kind of go through everything uh, that's in there. And uh, I believe Anna also was going exactly where uh, my mind was going. So correct me if I'm wrong in the, in the chat there. And, and by the way, if you're listening to this on the podcast, get in here on the live, would you? Every Monday night around 8 o'clock, we will be I know, be you're, you're right missing here. my Swedish fish mug. Yeah, come on. Uh, but um, how can we, you know, if, we're, if we know we're with someone with, uh, with social anxiety or, like, you know, we're, how, how can you get better in those social situations? I believe Anna was trying to say when you're kind of in, in that moment, how can you improve mm -hmm. From we're I guess we're past the freaking out part and we're moving towards like all right we're in the we're in the spot we're in the situation how can we ease ourselves and once we're yeah. there so I think like I said the biggest thing is to remember that the anxiety you have at the actual event or whatever situation is always going to be worse the anticipatory anxiety that's number mm -hmm. one that's a very helpful kind of just nugget of information to have the other is start small right mm -hmm. you you know maybe going to a massive event isn't um, for you or social anxiety could also be one-on-one. -on -one. Maybe it's, it's, it's paralyzing to you to think to go to lunch with a colleague one-on-one, -on -one, right? Social anxiety disorder looks different for everybody. It could be one-on-one. -on -one, it could be small talk. It could be speaking in public. It could be large groups. It could be small groups. So whenever I assess someone for social anxiety, I, I get it's very, very detailed. People you know, people you don't know, family members, not family members, large groups. of You really want to narrow it down because you want to make sure you're targeting the right thing. So it's unique and different for everybody, and it's allowed to fluctuate over time. So let's just say for whatever that you don't like um, large gatherings, not because you don't like being around people, but you don't like the one-on-one -on -one conversations that people end up breaking, breaking out to, right? So... Mm -hmm. If that's the situation and you're going and you're super anxious about it, you either can have like, I call them like social buddies almost where you kind of stick by one person's side that you feel comfortable with. And if somebody comes over to talk, you know that you have that other person there with you. If you feel mm -hmm. comfortable explaining that to them, great. If you don't, you, you don't have to just kind of stick with them. It can be someone that you feel very comfortable with, not vulnerable or you're comfortable being vulnerable with. Um, you know, or you could always, I always say, find the exit and find the bathroom, right? Because mm -hmm. if for any reason you feel super anxious, just excuse yourself. You have to go to the bathroom, right? Excuse yourself. You're going to go get something to eat. You're going to go to the bar. I mean, there's plenty of times where I'm talking to someone and it's not even that I'm anxious, 
the conversation's boring as hell or <laughs> right. Or like yeah. they're, they're asking me questions that I don't want to answer. Um, or I just don't feel like talking or whatever. Maybe their breath smells, who knows? But if you need to get away, it's always, you know, I gotta, I, I gotta go get a drink or why you say, Oh my, I have to, I have to call. I totally forgot. I have to go text someone. I have to see my kids are okay. I have to call the sitter. I have to make a work call. There's a, or I have to check my email. I mean, there's a million things, especially with yeah. cell phones now that you can, that you can do. So there's always ways to get out of the situation. And I'm not saying to do that, but knowing that you have those options, cause it's all about options, knowing that you mm -hmm. have outs makes it easier to stay in the moment. It's when you don't think about your options you have that you feel more stuck. You know, yeah. the people that, that I see that have had like the same Xanax in their wallet, which I don't recommend for social anxiety disorder, but like they'll mm -hmm. carry it around in their wallet and it's been the same pill for like 10 years and it's just, <laughs> they, they're never going to take it, but they just, it just makes them feel better. And if it doesn't cause dysfunction, then, then who cares? If you know you have these options, great. If it makes it easier for you to do it, then, then great. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that, that it's, Oh, also, before you go to these things, make a list of the people that you feel, if you know who's going to be there, a list of people who you feel very comfortable with, who you don't feel comfortable with. Put it in your phone. Because sometimes when you get to these events and you're anxious, your head gets very foggy. And it's just, it's confusing and things are just, you know, just overwhelming. So sometimes if you identify people ahead of time um, mm. and topics, you can identify topics ahead of time. Um, things that you want to talk about, things that you say are off limits, you know, because it, it's just, even if you don't go by that, again, it's helpful to have kind of a script because it gives you a sense of structure and control, um, even if you choose not to use it. All right, let's start a list. Number one, Red Flag Ricky. Red Flag Ricky. <laughs> He's on now. Number two, Frank from Sales. Has that thing on his neck, you know? Bad Breath Billy. <laughs> Bad Breath Billy. <laughs> Brad Beth Billy, there you go. <laughs> Number three, uh, Millie Vanilli, obviously. Uh, he's not it. really talking. He's not really talking though. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah. It's just this is a tape recording. No, like, no one got. Happy no, holidays. No one. No one got that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Oh my God. There you go. Uh, <laughs> no, that is a that's. And and just having you know we 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 say this a lot in <laughs> sorry Stephen we had to uh, the um, a lot of the times when we talk about any of this stuff I mean it is really about pre gaming essentially it's just not the usual pre gaming you're probably used to of like taking right. shots of vodka and tequila and being like uh, you know uh, I I just I, I I don't think that's the way for anything like it doesn't it doesn't actually it makes your anxiety better for maybe a second and it only yes. is going to push it and push it and yes. push it at the wrong times. And I think that's so. important for people to understand that the strategies you use to avoid your anxiety. The reason why it's it's difficult is that it does make you feel better temporarily mm -hmm. like having a drink does make you feel better temporarily. Right. Absolutely. Um, deciding not to go to the event makes you feel temp a, a relief, but temporarily, because then you wake up the next day and you think about, you see all the pictures on social media and you think, you know, you have this uh, like feeling of, I missed out, I'm such a loser, I can't believe I can't do that, you know. So temporarily is always gonna feel good. And so I tell people that if it feels uncomfortable, again, not crazy uncomfortable, but like right. that zero to four, or zero to five range, 
if it feels uncomfortable, that means you're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. If it feels comfortable and familiar and your anxiety is like at a zero or a one or a two, you're doing more of the same. You're probably avoiding. Uh, Julie mentioning here the uh, more I, oh, I just went away. Son of a gun Instagram. That was such a good, oh, no, oh I Julie, enough. that's my Julie. The more I explore my own insecurities and issues and work on myself, I realize that there are more people who are, ju- who are effed up. <laughs> or, and I just keep telling me myself I'm okay. Exactly. Julie, because, you're perfect. Yes. Yes. It, uh, everyone in this chat is, and that's not a freaking, you know, no, we all the, have anxiety. Stuart all... Smalley, you know, type of <laughs> type of wow. message too. It's really true. It's just like Do you do an invitation? Can you do an invitation of him? I'm smart. I'm not him, but I'm I am smart enough. I'm good enough and doggone it, people like people me. Like Dr. Me. Z. Right. Um that but that's so true. It's just we uh I think we've talked about this in the past too. Yeah. It's just None of this is on the surface. None of this we are living currently right yeah. now in a situation where it is almost perfectly acceptable to talk about our mental health and even Correct. yet. And, and here's yeah. the thing too, and Julie, this is, this is kind of to your point, the more that people themselves personally go to therapy, get help, figure out their own shit, figure out their own patterns, like correct the things that are taking them in the wrong direction, the healthier you get, mm-hmm. the more you change the dyna- the, the, your behaviors in a certain dynamic, the more you set boundaries, just in general, the healthier you become if you're in a dysfunctional system, the more, um, like, the more glaring the other people's dysfunction becomes. Mm-hmm. And so as you start to get better and set boundaries and feel healthier, you become more objective to, your, to the shit. You become more objective mm-hmm. to your shit. And as you move further away from your shit, you realize how toxic certain, you know, other people are, you realize the level of dysfunction. And so, yes, Julie, you're right that as you start to get healthier, you then, other people seem like really bad almost, you know, and it's, and it's more of just this kind of, you know, perspective shift that happens. So, you know, we all have our stuff, every single one of us. Um, it just depends what you do with it, how you carry it, how you perceive it. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and how aware you are of it. Absolutely. And now I understand from what Julia was trying to say from that perspective, I twisted around on the other side, but hundred percent still, still true in in both facets. And and thanks for sharing that. Yeah. It just, you can, you can tell, and that's what Dr. Z has been saying for a long time with a lot of the subjects we've been going over narcissism, anxiety. Once you see it, once you feel it, you're not going to forget it, you know, especially if you become more and more aware of all these things, you're going to see it in other people. You're going to be little mini Dr. Z's, you know, it's just like when you watch anything else on television, you're going like, oh yeah, that's what they were talking. He's doing that thing that Dr. Z was talking about. She's doing that thing. That, you know, it's just, it, it's, uh, it means you're working on yourself like Julie's saying, and it becomes you, you're more interested in working yeah. on yourself and getting yeah. better because you're noticing it in others. And that's, that's a, a great place to be for sure. Yeah. Uh, and understand also, too, oh, you know, you'll never, you, you'll never have a total absence of anything. Like that's not realistic. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you have social anxiety disorder, you just may get a little bit. You may be more easily, more easily, more easily triggered. Is that right? More easily that works. triggered. Thanks. Okay. Um, then <laughs> let's say somebody else who doesn't have social anxiety disorder, right? You may always just be a little bit more 
sensitive mm -hmm. to certain triggers, whereas other people may be sensitive to other types of triggers. So don't think that you're not better just because you still feel anxious. It's not so much about the feeling, it's about the behaviors that you're doing. It's about the degree to which you let that uncomfortable feeling interfere with your daily functioning. Yes. Uh, uncomfortable, unfamiliar, or uh, comfortable, unfamiliar is, is a great place to be. And un well, bo both places are great, uh, great places to be. And we hope that you're continuing to try and manage and get yourself there in that way. And if you, uh, I saw a couple of people, I believe, was it Nick? I'm sorry, remind me of your name if you were in the uh, live though, but you even mentioned it too, the healthy anxiety. That's something where I would love to chat and, yes. and get involved with. Well, yes, and, and that's definitely a good topic because I think people don't realize that anxiety is a naturally occurring human emotion. If we mm -hmm. didn't have anxiety, we'd be dead. L literally, we would cross the street and not look both ways. We would go to the zoo and just like walk right into the cage and not care. We would... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, drive like idiots because we're late. It, it, like there'd be no cautious behavior because we wouldn't know that we were in danger. And so the whole point of anxiety is to give us information about our surroundings and to keep us safe. If we think we're in danger, our heart starts to beat faster, our blood pressure goes up, our pupils dilate, our digestive system, our, you know, our test, everything kind of um, restricts. It, it's, it, pre it preps you for, quote, battle. The problem, and so that's healthy, right? But the problem is, is if you're not in battle, but yet you're perceiving a situation as dangerous, that's when you have anxiety that is unnecessary for the situation. And then, you know, the, the more dysfunctional that becomes, then you're dealing with a clinical diagnosis, let's say, of social anxiety disorder or generalized anxiety disorder or mm -hmm. panic disorder. Yeah, and that, uh, you, you, yeah, you're right. We, that, a lot of people don't know that. Uh, in general. So they and, try to get uh, rid of it and you can't. Right. You got to kind of diagnose also biologically like, hey, what increases my anxiety and what doesn't? In fact, uh, uh, here's an easy one for you. I didn't drink coffee for three days and felt great. Then drink coffee for, you know, a, a day or two after that and felt like mm, my anxiety's racing up again. You know, I like there I, are. I think I'd be in jail. <laughs> if you didn't have coffee every day? Yeah, yeah. I'd, be, I'd, be in, I'd be in jail. <laughs> Like no, no question in my mind. I'd like to see you in jail. See, see how you'd hang. You know, six months. I think, for... I, think I, I think I'd be. I think I'd be. Think you'd be okay. All <laughs> no. right. All right, Martha Stewart. All right. No. <laughs> awesome. I, I uh, wouldn't make it. Um, well, no. we uh, we hope uh, that uh, you uh, <laughs> do make it because you need to be here next week for sure. It's and I'm the least Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, way, way more, way more uh, anxiety uh, tips and, and not less decorating tips coming from Dr. Zick. I can guarantee you that. Or home baking or whatever. Whatever. whatever I don't even you don't really want know. My, you, don't want my, you, don't want, you don't want my cooking tips. You'll, you'll starve. Baking. I can bake. I can bake. Okay. Cooking, All right. Cooking. No, you'll starve. All right, I'll do, you do desserts, I'll do the entrees, and we'll be fine. Done. That'll be but good. But you just, but no, no sides. No sides, yeah. Because you're weird, because you're, you're bizarre. Sure, exactly, yeah, just right. entrees and desserts and nothing else, that's it. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, uh, I, Dr. Z, thank you so much again for spending uh, the time with all of us just to kind of go over 
especially during the holidays. Uh, this is this is incredibly useful, incredibly helpful. And uh, if you uh, want to take a throw, uh, excuse me, scroll through our catalog. <laughs> I don't know a what throw? that was. A throw. A throw. Uh, but uh, this is uh, session 26. There's 25 others in the can uh, that uh, can uh, help you try and manage uh, or at least get you the information to try and manage uh, some of the anxiety and depression you might be going through. And especially if you want to sit down and talk with Dr. Z one-on-one, that is doable and available. And if you're listening to this, just can uh, always go to is it, uh, drjamiezuckerman.com, as always. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes. Or simply Dr. Z underscore psychologist on uh on the instagram instagram yes uh and uh of course you can follow me at john barchard here as you're looking live or listening live on instagram on twitter same thing if you need help with content and putting these things together in podcast form that's what i do uh but uh, more importantly before we go dr z uh is going to be on the foster sisters podcast which I'm is uh, Aaron and sarah and uh it's the world's first podcast with Aaron and sarah it's an- unbelievable that uh you're getting I'm a call so from uh, from them. I'm really pumped to uh, see what you have for them. And, yeah, uh, and they're, you're they're you're in the, in an elite group, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's Martha, Martha Stewart, so you know what do you expect? You, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, go. Uh, yeah, if you haven't heard of uh, them for any particular reason, the world's first podcast with Aaron and Sarah. Uh, we will definitely let you know when that episode comes out. We're so happy for Doctor Z and. Uh, It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be a good one. We're talking about narcissism, narcissistic relationships, narcissistic parents. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one. Fantastic. Uh, well, we'll see you uh, next Monday night for sure. Yes. And um, if you have any questions, my DMs are already always open. And uh, we will always go from there. We appreciate you tuning in, listening wherever you are. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.